When I was very young, I used to uh, love uh, a television show called Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Now, of course, Buck Rogers, the Buck Rogers character, that is, had been around for, for a long time, but the show that I liked came out in the, in the late 70s or early 80s, and it was trying to take advantage of the, the Star Wars craze that was around at the time. I can't, with any sort of objectivity, tell you whether the show was good or not. Uh, my guess is it was actually pretty bad because they haven't released it again to try to capture uh, the nostalgia of poor suckers like me. But anyway, I loved that show. I loved it. And like any sci-fi franchise, the Buck Rogers show had those action figures, those small toys made of, of cheap plastic made for children. And I had several of them, and I loved them. So much so that I wanted to give an action figure to a friend for his birthday. So a week before the birthday party, my mom and I went out to the store and we picked out a very, very special action figure for my friend. It happened to be one of the figures that I personally did not own. And when we got home, my mother, rather naively, I would say, asked me to stash the toy away until the birthday party, and thus began a week of pure torture. <laughs> because you see, I did not have this particular toy, and I had specifically picked out the toy for my friend because it was very, very, very special. And now I had this action figure, but it was all sealed away in its little package. I could look at it, I could see it, but I couldn't touch it, and I couldn't play with it. But I wanted to. I really, really wanted to. And so I tried to, to hide the action figure away from myself so that I wouldn't see it, but it called to me from its hiding spots. I should have told my mom that I just couldn't hang on to it, but, but I, just, I just didn't. And I, I tried to play with other toys, but, but none of them seemed as fun as this very special figure sealed away from me. The more I could not play with the toy, the more I wanted to play with the toy. And so I, I thought to myself, would anyone notice if I just peeled up an edge of the, of the plastic see-through case and slipped the toy out. That way I could, I could play with the toy and then put it back in and no one would be the wiser. Of course, I was fooling myself, but I wanted to fool myself. I wanted to, to rationalize an act that I knew was wrong. My desire for the toy became bigger than me, and so, of course, I opened the package and I played with the toy. Now, the funny thing is, at least to me now, is that I don't remember playing with the toy at all. I was pretty young, I guess. But I do remember breaking the seal. I do remember that point of no return. Now, thankfully, I have never 
surrender to temptation ever, ever again. So um, I got it out of the way and I'm much better for it. Okay, obviously I'm joking, and, but this is how it is with us. We are tempted because we desire, and we desire because we are incomplete and not self-sufficient. And because of this incompleteness, it's not unusual for us to desire things we, we hope will fill us and complete us, but don't and won't and really can't. We long for wholeness and often look for that wholeness in all of the wrong places. Today's readings point to this dynamic of temptation and desire. In the gospel lesson, we find uh, the newly baptized Jesus being sent immediately out uh, into the wilderness by the Spirit to face temptation at the hands of the devil. After 40 days and 40 nights, after Jesus has gotten super weak, the devil comes to tempt him three times. The devil tempts Jesus to to turn stones into bread for his own consumption and to, to leap from the pinnacle of the temple as a display of God's special favor and to worship finally, to worship the devil in exchange for the power of ruling the whole world. Now, the the strength of the devil's game here is how reasonable these temptations are. Could we really begrudge Jesus if, finding himself famished, he decided to use his power to, to satisfy his own hunger? Or could we begrudge Jesus if, He used his special favor with God to to make a display of that favor. Might it make it just a little bit easier for us to believe in him if he had survived a leap from the top of the temple? And who wouldn't want a benevolent Jesus in control of the nations of this world? Don't we already speak of Jesus as a king? Wouldn't it be great if he acted like it. And yet, as Jesus sees, all of these things would have the effect of drawing him away from God. All of these temptations would not be a fulfillment of his identity as Messiah, but rather a betrayal. They would not be the self-emptying and selfless way of being God's anointed one, but on the contrary, would be acts of self-aggrandizement. In succumbing to the devil's temptations, Jesus would be using his own status and identity as a way of maximizing his own self over and against God. It would make his identity all about him and all about his power. And what's more, not only would Jesus be against God, he would no longer be Christ for us but only Christ for himself, and therefore against us. The devil is asking Jesus to choose, to choose between himself and God, and Jesus chooses God. Jesus is being asked to choose between himself and us, and Jesus chooses us. 
And yet, as Jesus says elsewhere, those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for the sake of the gospel will save it. In choosing God and in choosing us, Jesus discovers his own true life, his own true vocation. His own life is wrapped up with God and wrapped up with our lives. And therefore, to follow the path of these temptations would actually be a denial of his self as well. And this is how sin works. It seems like a way of establishing and securing ourselves, but instead it cuts us off. It cuts us off from, off from God, it cuts us off from one another, and thus it cuts us off from our own selves. And Jesus offers us a way out of this dynamic in today's lesson. In choosing God and choosing us over himself, Jesus, in some sense, finds himself. And so, too, for us, as we choose God and others over ourselves, we will discover our own life and our own joy and our own fulfillment. It is in following the selfless way of Christ that we will discover our true selves. In this season of Lent, I ask you to spend some time reflecting on the particular temptations at work in your life. What do you desire and why? What is the the emptiness in your life that you are longing to fill? This is a season to face the reality of lack and want. This is a, a season to know your own weakness and to face just how incomplete you truly are. This is a season that asks us to face this lack and to ask ourselves where our true life is to be found. And remember, ultimately, that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And yet, I don't want to end this sermon on a moralizing note. You and I both know that we will not be able to resist temptations. And you don't need me to tell you that succumbing to temptations is bad and that resisting temptations is good. We know this. The true good news for us today is that Jesus is with us in our weakness. In facing temptations, Jesus comes to be with us in our brokenness and in our alienation. And as we inevitably surrender to temptations because we will, it may seem like we have separated ourselves from God, and yet Jesus is there, healing the breach, offering us forgiveness, and asking us once again to follow the path of life. At times, we will inevitably surrender to the power of that very special toy that is sealed away from us. And yet that surrender is not the last word. It does not define us. It is not the end. For God is not done with us in our surrender, but instead draws near to heal and to restore. And so know that Jesus is with you 
bringing forgiveness and new life out of your brokenness and out of your alienation, out of your shame and guilt. For there is an abundance of grace that is already at work in your life that is more powerful than any temptation and more powerful than any desire. For nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen.